is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hey friends, I hope you enjoyed the last couple of episodes, which were a bit of a left turn for us. We don't normally talk about business and I shared with you two archived episodes about business as my voice was coming back and I really, really hope they were helpful to you. I hope you enjoyed them. I've gotten really great feedback. So um, there is a woman who's one of the most successful financial planners and advisors in Nashville someone shared the episode with her and she messaged me and told me how helpful it was. And it was good for me to hear that because I know you probably do this too. Instead of saying, of course she said that, why wouldn't she? My first reaction was, oh my God, she liked it. I mean, she's like really successful in business. She liked my little ditty on business, which, you know, when that comes up, that's not our highest self at all. That's our old crap coming up to pay us a visit. I was able to shift out of that, but that really was my first response. Like, oh my gosh, it's that imposter syndrome that happens every time we level up. So she told me that she loved the episode. And then she said, being myself in this industry has not been easy. And I thought, here we go. This is why this is resonating. I have to remember that on BU Podcast, we are connecting human to human There's no BS. It's just real human interaction. It doesn't matter who's listening. She responded as a human to a very, very human experience. So I'm going to read a couple of reviews that just came in. I was so excited to see these. Uh, I sat in bed this morning and read them out loud to my husband, and I'm just so grateful. If you have not yet subscribed to BU Podcast, please do so. I cannot tell you how much it helps a podcaster when listeners are willing to subscribe, but then also leave a rating and a review. It really, really helps us for many reasons. So when I read this, I was really tickled because I knew exactly who it was. I don't know her name, but she's very young and I ran into her in a coffee shop and we had a beautiful conversation about her choosing her own path despite what her parents thought she should do. And she wrote, I work at a coffee shop. I ran into Jill while I was working and we instantly began chatting. Her love and desire to pour into others came naturally. We began talking about her podcast. She told me how important it is to be you. Her drive to support strangers inspired me to take a listen. 
This podcast is great in the car while cleaning or even just spending time at a coffee shop. Her words are beautiful and Jill is the most genuine person. Ah, got me again reading that. Thank you so much. I just found Jill's podcast yesterday and I have only listened to the first episode, but I'm already hooked. Normally my podcast feed is just true crime shows, but this one I will be happy to stray from my norm for. Her message about living your best life by challenging yourself to become the version of you that you have always wanted to be is inspiring. You can feel how authentic she is just from one conversation. I look forward to learning and growing from this podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I've been listening to Be You from the very start. Just hit the 100th episode and I was pulled to start over and do a marathon. I share, share, share this with all of my friends. Thank you, Jill, for being you. Oh, you're welcome, Savannah. Thank you so much. I immediately felt like I could relate to Jill and what she shared. She's witty, fun, honest, and introspective in her stories. I appreciate her speaking truthfully about things that aren't easy to speak on. It's refreshing and helpful for us to all break down our own barriers in our lives. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Noelle, from Hawaii. Love listening to Jill. She is honest upfront with her content and challenges each of us to be true to ourselves. She encourages us to love for ourselves and to dig deep and challenge our beliefs about ourselves that are based on what others believe. She's a breath of fresh air. Oh my gosh, thank you, thank you. All right, I'm going to save a few of these for next week. Please share this podcast with others if you feel called and don't hesitate to leave a rating and review and also send me a message if you want to be more closely connected and see what's coming in 2022 with BU Podcast and this whole community we are growing. You can text me at 260-217-4675. All right, you ready? So I turned 50. I turned 50 November 17th. And you know, I've shared very openly here that I've been on a journey like most of you of self-discovery, unlearning, unbecoming, healing, loving, forgiving, rediscovering, remembering for several years now. And the first, I would say seven years or so was all mindset work. And I don't want to poo-poo that just like I don't want to poo-poo talk therapy. That has its place for sure. And for years, I was still living outside of my body. I didn't understand what it even meant to say you're detached from your body. I didn't know that you could be in your body. <laughs> I had no idea. I focused so much on affirmations and switching my mindset and thinking positively and looking at the narrative, which is important, looking at the fear stories from my childhood and the meaning I added to things, the head trash. All of that was helpful. It changed my life. It changed my relationships. I began sharing that with other people because I always naturally share with others anything that's impacting me. It turned into, you know, throwing together some coaching events online and selling them out quickly and having women reach out to me saying, hey, when you spoke at that women's empowerment event, it really helped me. But still, I had no idea that I only had a little piece of the equation. I had no idea that I was still leaking my shame and my anger, and my rage, and my guilt, and my trauma onto everyone around me. Maybe it was less often, but it was still happening. I had no idea, even though I learned so much about mindset, why I did that when my children were little. Why did I scream and yell at them and go into these fits of rage and then, and then go into shame and create that cycle? 
Why did that happen? I discovered almost exactly one year ago. So September of 2020, I discovered somatics. I discovered what it means to love yourself. I learned about mirror work. I learned about somatic release. I learned about big T and little t trauma. And I started because of hiring amazing coaches. I didn't do this on my own. I realized that I had been working from the neck up with all the mindset work, but I had not gotten into my body. And so you've heard me talk about this before that for the last year, I can't say to you, and I wish I could. That's actually not true. I don't wish I could. I'm accepting where I am. But I can't say to you that for the last year, I've just been digging in with somatics. You know, I've been doing breath work and I've been, you know, I've been very, very slow with that. I've been honoring my intuition, honoring my own body and my own nervous system, going very slowly with release, but still doing somatics, like still breathing, still moving my body, still doing sound and some gentle breath work, doing, you know, recently doing yoga, um, doing intuitive dance. I've been doing those things. And even the little bit that I've done, which is probably a lot compared to someone who's never been introduced to this work has had a profound effect on my life. I mean, you've heard me week after week talk about it, right? That's why I'm so obsessed with talking about understanding what trauma does in our body and why it's so important for us to grounding it back into the body and what that even means and why affirmations are never, ever, ever, ever going to be enough. Why talk therapy, although it has its place, is never, ever, ever going to be enough. Why the reason we keep repeating the patterns has nothing to do with mindset. I'm so passionate about that. What does that have to do with turning 50? Well, it has everything to do with turning 50. Because as I came into my 50th birthday, I'm right now working with two coaches. And and I won't always have a coach every minute, you know, every month of every year. But right now, I'm really happy that I do. I have Violet, the spirit healer, who I have sessions with whenever I feel the need. I have Christine Hassler, who came as a pair with her husband, Stefanos Safandos, my husband is work and I are working with them, but I get Christine all to myself. And as I mentioned before, I hired my own coach on my own, separate from our relationship coaching. And her name is Sigridasius, and she is someone I met through Elementum Coaching Institute. And my focus with Sigrid, I said to her, I'm hiring you specifically to hold me accountable and to help guide me back into my divine feminine. And not just to talk about it, but really do it, to do more somatic release and to help me ease into that and to explore the last stop, the last stop, ladies, sex, sexuality, all the stuff in that area. (laughs) That sounded funny. In that area, not in that area of the body. Well, kind of, but in that arena, many people who are on a self-healing journey end up realizing that as women, we usually make that the last stop on our journey. And it's probably the most powerful stop, but many times we have to shed a lot and do a lot of healing before we can even get there. And that's where I am. Again, what does that have to do with your 50th birthday, Jill? Everything. So I shared with Christine Hassler and I shared with Steph and I shared with Sigrid and I shared with Violet. I really feel Like as I'm going into my 50th birthday, something big is coming. I don't have an expectation. It isn't like, oh, I hope something great happens. I could feel it in my body. And remember, you can feel more in your body and you will have sharper intuition the more you release and the more you heal and let go. 
right? Because you have a more clear connection to that divine messaging system and into your own heart and yourself. So I could feel it. I could feel it. I said, I don't know what it's going to be. I have no idea, but I know it's coming and I know it's coming with my 50th birthday. And no one questioned me because a really good coach who understands this knows better than to question someone's own intuition. And they said, great. And I said, as my birthday approaches, I can actually feel it coming. And I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm going to have a profound shift. And I want you along for the ride. So as I went into my 50th birthday, I made the decision that I was going to do the opposite of what I've done every other year. Not just because it's a significant birthday, a 50th birthday, but because it was a significant shift coming, the shift that I told you I could feel coming. For those reasons, I made the decision to take ownership of this rite of passage so that I would not be where I've been before, and that is in the pool of resentment and the pool of regret and the lane of I wish I shoulda, coulda, woulda, and you should have, and you didn't, and now I'm going to pout. My entire life, I've done that. I have been afraid to ask for what I want. I have shamed myself for not asking for what I want. I've been angry with others for not giving me what I want, even though I'm not asking. And I have lived with so much resentment that it then pulls over and spills over into every area of my life. But it's so quiet. It's so hard to pick up on unless you're really paying attention. And I've noticed this about myself, but I wasn't really willing to do much about it other than the work I told you I'm already doing. And I feel like that's enough. Jesus, you know, I'm doing a lot and it'll happen. But with this birthday, I decided, no, I'm going to turn it up about 10 notches. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that this birthday is everything that I want it to be, everything that I've always wanted it to be. And I don't want to look back with any regret whatsoever. And I also don't want to look back and blame anyone else for it not being what I wanted because this is my life and no one else is in charge of my life and no one else is in charge or responsible for my happiness. And resentment just doesn't look good on me anymore. As I go into the second half of my life, and I really feel it's the second half, like just a fresh, clean slate and a new beginning. And I know that's such a, you know, an overused term, but I really could feel that. I mean, I really could feel it. I was in the bathtub one day and I knew when I turn 50, it's going to be a whole new beginning. Screw New Year's resolutions. I mean, this is going to be like the second half of my life where everything I've been doing to heal and forgive and shine light and love into those dark crevices and where I used to have shame and anger and guilt and resentment and competition and hustling and not enoughness, it's all going to pay off. I'm still going to have shit. I'm still going to have struggles. I'm still going to have pain. I will still be working on living in love every moment. However, once my 50th birthday hits, I am truly letting go of resentment and I'm letting go of every moment that I have judged and shamed myself because 
as a former and recovering, hopefully recovered, perfectionist, that was my favorite thing to do. So I didn't just make the decision as in, I'm going to put it on Facebook and I'm going to write it down somewhere. I mean, I decided in my body and made a pact with God. I'm all in here. I'm not fucking around. The whole you only live once is true, but I've never lived that way. I'm going to live that way now. What do you want, Jill? What do you want? I knew that whatever I did with this 50th birthday was going to be the sort of palette for the rest of my life, the backdrop, the background, the background theme song, the music for the rest of my life. Did it have to be? No, but I decided it would be. This was like practice, my first opportunity to put into practice this new way of being. Now, again, if you don't do the deep work in yourself and you just try to flip the switch in your mindset, which is what I used to teach people, it doesn't stick. That's why New Year's resolutions don't stick. That's why people lose weight and gain it back. I've been doing the work in me, so I'm ready. And I heard Violet and Christine say separately, separately to me, you have everything you need, Jill. Stop searching. It's all in you. You don't need to ask so many questions and understand so much. You already know. They both said that to me in separate conversations about separate topics in the same week. I knew that that was God, Spirit, speaking to me. And I decided it was true. So the first thing I decided to do was tell my husband that I was planning a girl's trip. Now, I don't take girl's trips. I don't do girls' days. I don't do girls' lunches. I've never, ever, ever been that person because I'm too busy thinking about what I should be doing, what I'm not doing, what I need to do, what should have been done, or spending time feeling guilty, uh, needing to be needed, needing to be around for my children. I mean, that's been my life, right? So I've never done that. But it also gave me a way to complain and also sort of wear it as a badge of honor and telling people, I've never gone on a girl's trip. Can you believe that? No. Yeah. I've never even gone on a shopping day with girls. I liked saying that. If I'm really, really brutally honest right now, and I told you I'm not on this podcast to look good, I could make myself look way better. (laughs) The truth that is not something I'm excited to tell you, the fucking truth and that I'm actually realizing as I'm speaking right now, my friend Susan always says, I don't know what I think until I hear myself speak. That's what's happening right now. I'm realizing right now that I actually enjoyed saying that to people. It was my identity. It goes back to the episode I did on not being too much and not being high maintenance. Oh, that was my middle name, right? It made me look so low maintenance. She's so easygoing. What woman in her 40s has never gone on a shopping trip, even for the day with girls or taken a girls weekend? Me, that's who. Now I'm laughing at that. Like, is that really something to be proud of? So I decided I was doing it, not to prove something, but because I always wanted that. Now me choosing to do that, I can never again say that I've never done that. So I was putting to death my old bullshit story. I was setting it on fire, burying it, and throwing a hatch in it it all at once. That's what happens when we rewrite our story. When we choose different, 
we have to be prepared for death. And I was prepared for death. So I planned the girls' weekend. I asked two of my dear friends I used to work with, Kate and Cindy, to go to Nashville with me. I love Nashville. I knew it would be a great place for us to meet up. It would be easy for everyone to fly to. And they said yes. We had such a great weekend. Now remember, when you and I decide to do things differently, it is an invitation. It's not just a chance to do it differently. When you welcome that change, you will have more triggers coming. You think it becomes easier? No, it gets harder because the veil has been lifted. The gloves are off and you will get triggered and triggered. And so there will be awakenings and magic and miracles and bullshit around every corner. And you could go into victim mode and go, I knew this was going to suck. I knew this was going to be horrible. I knew this wasn't going to be, I never should have done it. I never should have done this. I started to do that a little bit. It didn't feel like a birthday weekend for me. It was a great time with my girlfriends, but there was no acknowledgement of my birthday. Nobody said happy birthday. There weren't any balloons. The, the waiters didn't say anything. My husband didn't call ahead of time like I romanticized in my head that he would and say to the cigar club that we go to, they know me by name, right? To say, hey, Jill, it's your 50th birthday. Your husband got drinks for you and your friends. Everywhere I went, I was expecting that and it never happened. I went back into my old pattern. The little girl in me who was always disappointed, who was always abandoned, who was invisible to everyone, whose feelings did not matter, who suffered every moment of her life. And then I decided, what are you doing? She's not invited. This is not her birthday weekend. This is the 50-year-old Jill's birthday weekend. Tell that little girl that you love her and that you understand how she feels and that she can buckle up and sit in the back seat and have a juice box and have a snack and she can enjoy the ride because she's not in the driver's seat on this trip. I made that decision while I was doing my hair in the hotel bathroom and every moment after that was perfection. The circumstances didn't change. I changed. I changed the lens I was seeing things through. It's like taking, you know, contacts out and putting in a new prescription, or putting on a pair of glasses that you didn't have on before. Everything looked different. I was able to enjoy every single moment for what it was, not for what I thought it should be. I had no expectations of my friends, nor should I have. I had no expectation of my husband. I had no expectations of anyone around me. I decided it was just a girl's trip. Happened to be for my birthday, but it didn't matter if anyone else said it. My birthday wasn't for another week anyway. As the weekend wrapped up, my friend Cindy handed me a bag and a card and generously gave me a gift and a birthday card. And it meant so much. We had the best weekend together. So then we rolled into the week of my birthday a few days later. And I had booked an entire photo shoot for myself. Now, you've probably heard me talk about the fact that I've always hated to get my picture taken. Hated it. Hated it. My mother hates to get her picture taken. She gets awkward and uncomfortable. I hated to get my picture taken. Awkward and uncomfortable. 
Both of my birth daughters hate to get their picture taken, awkward and uncomfortable. I mean, there's no coincidence. I watched my mother. My children watched me. So I decided that I'm going to break that cycle. And I scheduled a photo shoot, not just any photo shoot. I scheduled it with one of the best photographers around. And I told her I wanted to do like four outfit changes. I scheduled her in my home where I would be most comfortable. And I prepared for it to be an all-day experience. Now, remember, as we welcome in the new, what comes up? Our old shit. So my old self, my little girl, all the old crap tried to sabotage this new experience. Remember, our old self, our lower self is going to fight like hell to keep us where we are because that's what's comfortable. That is what feels safe. Anything new feels unsafe. So my old self was trying to sabotage this new experience. How did that look? Well, you know, before you have a photo shoot, especially when you're turning 50, it it becomes more, those of you, I have a lot of young listeners. It's funny, I just recently looked at the data and we have a lot of listeners, like 25 to 35. So thank you for listening. So ladies, you will find that the older you get, you can see very quickly if you have not been hydrated. Your skin and your face looks different. Like I can look older by five years in one day by eating sugar, the sugar molecules attached to the collagen, and you look more wrinkly and your skin dries out a little bit. There's not as much of a glow, but also if you're not drinking enough water, you can tell. So you can flip that and actually look better than ever by doing a lot of hydrating for a couple of days and doing no sugar whatsoever. I know that, but yet what did I do? I did the opposite in preparation for this photo shoot because I was sabotaging myself. I had this booked, I don't know, at least a month in advance. A very expensive photographer, worth every penny, by the way. She could charge triple of what she charges, but I'm saying it wasn't cheap. A day of my life, the result would be in print. And I spent no time thinking about what I was going to wear. I almost canceled the photo shoot because I'm still not at my ideal weight. You know, when I was sick over this last year and a half uh, with breast implant illness and also, you know, a lot of emotional stuff going on in my life and, and being virtually sedentary and eating a lot of sugar and not drinking enough water and not moving my body, as I said, I gained a ton of weight, inflammation, and also fat. And so I have lost a lot of that since the surgery and since getting back to my healthy routine, but I still am about 15 pounds over where I want to be. So I almost just canceled the photo shoot. I wanted to say, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to look good in anything I'm going to wear. My perfectionist said, you're going to look like shit. Why would you want these pictures out there? You're going to have to hide your body. Don't you want to be able to look great and like have your shirt tucked in instead of out? I came so close to canceling that photo shoot. You have no idea. But I did not let her win. I said, thank you for showing up. Thank you. I can tell that you're afraid. You're going to be fine. We are moving forward. So the night before, I went through my closet and I found four different looks that I loved. And I knew it would work out. I booked ahead of time to have my friend Sam professionally do my makeup. She's a professional makeup artist. I had my hair done. And I'm so proud of myself because I tend to self-sabotage by running late. 
by putting everybody ahead of myself. If I have a party or something to do, I'll be the last one to get ready. I will be putting a little bit of makeup on super quick as guests are arriving. I usually won't have time to do my hair. I'll tie it back in a ponytail. This time, the new version of me said, no, not happening. I had my hair done, styled and blown out by eight o'clock in the morning. I had my makeup fully done an hour before the photo shoot. And I had so much fun getting my pictures taken. Yes, it was uncomfortable. Yes, there were times where Gail, the photographer was like, Jill, come on. Come on, Jill, you know better than this. Let's go. Like, get, get loose. Come on, get, have fun with this. Pretend you're talking to someone who listens to your podcast. And she had to really prompt me. And it was so hard for me at first. I hated it. What is she thinking? What is my friend Sam who's sitting there thinking? Do I look awkward? I don't want to look like I'm too into this. I don't want to look like I think I look good. That's so arrogant. If I pose, then it's going to look like I think that I look great. You see, this is the stuff that goes through my head. Does that happen to you? Have you ever done that? I know there are people out there who know what I'm talking about. You're awkward and you're guarded while you're getting your picture taken. But you also find yourself not letting yourself try to make yourself look good. Right? When I see women posing for pictures and putting their hand on their hip and popping their knee a little bit, I say to myself, I wish I could do that. Why can't I do that? And then I look at the picture and I'm like, shit, why didn't I do that? You guys, right there is a slice of how we, many of us, live our lives. There's a way for me to look better in the picture. And I don't do it because I don't want it to look like I'm trying to look better. But then, because I definitely want something negative to happen, I definitely want to sign up for pain. (laughs) I look at the picture and I hate the picture because I didn't do that. I mean, we could just put a pin in that and just stop the episode right now. That is what we are doing to ourselves. While we're admiring the other woman who's making it easy, while we're judging her as well. Anyway, so the photo shoot went great. Had so much fun. Got really, really into it. I cannot wait to share with you uh, the pictures. We took pictures in my chicken coop and I styled the whole photo shoot. That's the other thing. Let me just say that. So I have an eye for style and I've been always been afraid to say that because then I would think that somebody will think that I think I'm great or that I think I'm the best stylist ever. No, I don't. But I do have an eye for style. I'm really good with colors and textures and patterns. I'm a very visual person. And normally I'd be like, oh, whatever you think. Oh, I don't know. I guess we could maybe do this. When inside I would have an idea of what I wanted to do, but I would be afraid to say it, be afraid to ask for it. And then what would I do? The same thing I told you I would do with my own pictures and not popping the knee. I would go back and say, I wish I would have done it like that. Why didn't I do that? It's like a constant permission slip to shame myself and judge myself for not getting it right. So this time I was different. I styled a photo shoot. I said, this is the outfit. You can do what you want, but I have a suggestion. I definitely want pictures of me sitting on this piece of furniture in my foyer. I see this outfit in my office on the pink couch. I see this outfit out in the chicken coop. And she's like, this is great. I love all of it. And she told me it was styled really, really well. The pictures are so good. They're so good. There's somewhere I can see I'm uncomfortable. I can see that I feel like I'm not looking good. There's some where I forget and I just lose myself in the process. And those are the ones I love. So besides the photo shoot, 
Then I got really brave and I actually posted about the photo shoot. It's so interesting. Many of us, you know, when we look at social media, what we do on social media is what we're doing in life in general. We are posting for and writing for and performing for the five assholes who are judging us or who we think are judging us instead of the 998 who are supporting us and cheering us on. When I used to teach sales, I would say, why are you trying to arm wrestle this person for the sale and convince them they need your product when you've got 150 other people who would be super excited to buy from you if you would just calm down and go have a conversation with them? So when I went to post about the photo shoot at first, I stopped myself. Remember, triggers show up when we try to grow. Oh, what are they going to think? Oh, I don't want to look like, oh, I don't want to post that picture. Oh, maybe not that one. Oh my gosh, is this too much? What are people going to say that I paid to have a photographer come to my home? Who do you think you are? Oprah? Elle McPherson? Give me a break. I mean, I was thinking this stuff because that's what I've done my whole life. And then I stopped and what did I do? I said, thank you very much. And you can sit down. Now, mindset work and me before as a mindset speaker would say different. We would say, kick that person in the teeth. The little voice coming up trying to stop you, tell her to shut the hell up and get in the trunk. No. What I have learned is, no, 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 no. You have to love that part of yourself. Don't judge her and shame her. Love her. She served a purpose. Just tell her she doesn't get to be in charge right now. And so I did that and I made the post. Okay, so besides the photo shoot, here's the big kahuna. I had planned three weeks prior to my birthday, only three weeks because it took me about six weeks to give myself permission, literally at least six weeks to give myself permission to do this for myself. I decided that I was going to throw myself not just a birthday party because I've always wanted a birthday party. I've asked my husband for seven years for a birthday party. I've always wanted a birthday party. But I decided to throw myself the most out there, over the top, too much high maintenance party I could afford. I didn't have people jumping out of cakes. I didn't have high sculptures. But I'll tell you what, it was a badass, gorgeous, beautiful, scrumptious party. I put 20 to 30 hours into planning this and I had an event planner. I actually hired an event planner for my birthday party. Who do I think I am? One of the real housewives of Beverly Hills? Well, I was pretending to be one. (laughs) But seriously, you may not be able to relate to that. Maybe you don't care about your birthday. Having a birthday party isn't that important to you. But remember when we talked about cutting our hair? If you're not afraid to cut your hair, then don't do it. If you've always secretly wanted to try short hair, but you're afraid to do it, cut that shit off. When it comes to something like a birthday party, if you've not always had this desire to have an amazing, lavish birthday party for yourself or just a party in general, don't do it. Who cares? But if you've always secretly wished someone else would do this for you and you've been swimming in the pool of regret and resentment, get yourself a birthday party. No one will ever throw a party for you the way you would throw it for yourself. Now again, triggers around every single corner, around every corner, I had to stop myself and go, you got this. 
you deserve this. You can do this because I kept saying, oh, that's going to be too much. Oh, that's going to be too expensive. What is this going to look like? What are people going to think? That's crazy. And then I thought, you know what? What if you die tomorrow? What if you die tomorrow? How would you really want this party to be? I love details. I'm a details girl. I love, love, love style. I love parties. I love flowers. I love fabrics. I love color. It's my thing. But I've denied myself this for so long. And I decided I'm going to do it the way I would do it for someone else if they said, throw me the best party you can. And with this amazing event planner, Jenna, so amazing, I discussed every detail with her. And I decided in the very beginning to be very transparent and tell her what my struggle was. And Jenna's probably listening because she's a new listener of VU Podcast. Thank you, Jenna. I decided to share with Jenna how scared I was, how important this party was for me, what, how much I've gone through over the last two years, and how I was so ready to celebrate not just my birthday, but this new second half of my life. Now, part of that was me defending, justifying, and explaining being too much. Part of that was fear coming out. Do you see it? It wasn't just, oh, Jen, I want you to be excited for me. It was also, hey, just, you know, I normally wouldn't do something like this. I'm only doing this because I've been through hell and back. Raising a baby at 48 years old with my daughter who got pregnant, who moved back home, and a son that had depression and my breast implant illness and, you know, my business and all the stuff that happened. And da, 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 da. That's really what it was. I wanted her to like me. I didn't want her to think I was some fancy schmancy diva. That's the truth. But at least I'm aware of it, right? I'm aware of it. So Jenna was the most amazing event planner. She was like a therapist and a best friend all in one. She helped me when I'd start getting uncomfortable. She would encourage me. She would say, you go for it. You deserve this. Let's do it. We chose every detail together, every flower, every color, We had drinks as soon as people showed up. They were greeted with a Kia Royale, which is a drink I discovered like two days before my party. It's really just Prosecco and Chambord, but it's fancy looking. It's so yummy. So everyone was greeted with that. We had a sign with my name and my birthday on there right when they walked in. We had baby pictures in the form of 50. We had a table where they were signing a book for me as if I was getting some award or getting married. I had a DJ. We strung lights. We had gorgeous rugs everywhere and a seated table for 60 people. Yummy, delicious food, a gorgeous cake. Like she pulled something off of Pinterest and I'm like, yes, here's another thing. I almost said yes because the old me would have said, well, I mean, I don't want to look like too much and I don't want to hurt her feelings. Are you kidding? Who does that? This is what I used to do. I know you've done it. And I said, I like it. And then I came back and said, actually, I like it. But instead of putting chocolate drizzled on the top, I want raspberry sauce. She's like, done. We had a lounge area. We had Prosecco, little minis Prosecco bottles with thank you notes on them and cigars as party favors. We had gorgeous vintage glasses in all my favorite colors. I mean, it was, we had a full bar. It was amazing. Amazing. That only happened because I was willing to say that I deserved it. 
I was willing to step into my desire, my desire, not your desire, not my friend's desire, not my mother's desire, not what anyone else desired, but what I desire. And I dove right into that head first and it was so beautiful. And it just felt so good. Aside from all the aesthetics that I just described to you, it was just the energy of it. The energy of me stepping into what I fucking want, what I want, not what everybody else wants. As someone who has danced with and battled and been strangled by codependency my entire life, this was about me. This was about me. I didn't beg for permission from my husband, nor would he ever want me to, but I used to do that. I just did it. There were people I didn't invite that I would have invited out of guilt. I didn't. I invited some people I barely knew because I love who they are in this world and I want them in my life. Every person invited was there because I wanted them there. As I stood in front of all those people and I went to give my toast, I looked around and I was like, oh my God, you have attracted the most amazing people to yourself. If you were the effed up mess that you've told yourself you were, you would never have these people in your life. Such a beautiful, diverse group of people. People who are so, they just vibe so high. They're so fun, so giving, so successful, so happy, so loving, so real, real people. Not one person in there is even remotely related to the word pretentious. Every person in that room was someone I was grateful to have in my life. Now, the old me would have sat there and and thought about all the people who didn't show up and all the people who said they were going to be there or all the people who decided not to make my party a priority. It didn't even enter my mind. Because remember, when you raise your vibration, right, you're just opening yourself up to more in that higher vibration, in that higher frequency. When you're down in the low vibration of unworthy and I can't and I'm afraid and, and complaining and then you do invite those things. But I was vibing so high. And when I spoke to all of them, I said, you know, they say your vibe attracts your tribe. And shit, I've got an amazing tribe. You know, there's that saying. I love this version of myself because I fought so hard to become her. I have fought so hard to unbecome the woman I was so that I could find the real me. And this is her. I did have a setback and a trigger show up. While I was giving my toast, I made it about everybody else. And it's okay. But that is something I look back and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I did pull myself back down a few notches. The old self got the best of me for a little bit where I felt like guilty for having the party, guilty for having the attention. So I had to make sure to bring my parents up and my brother and talk about everybody else. And even when I was thanking a couple of my close friends, I looked over and saw a couple of other friends who I'm not that close to anymore, who have not been great friends to me, who have been hanging out with people who have totally betrayed me and trashed my reputation, right? And and they're allowed to do that, but that doesn't feel good. And because of my old stuff, 
right? That enabling, that enmeshment, that codependency, the need to be liked, need for approval. I mentioned them in my talk. And I was like, why did I do that? Because I made eye contact with them. Because I felt like I should. Now, am I standing here like beating myself up for this? No, I'm just sharing with you that that this is what the old stuff will do. Your old patterns will fight like hell to be in the forefront. Your old head trash is going to try really, really hard to not let you evolve. And it will show up in moments like that. Now, if you let that win, you go into shame. But I didn't. I recognized it. I thought, huh, that's interesting. And I said, never again. And I moved on. That party, the day after that big photo shoot, three days after that beautiful girls weekend, was also on the heels of my actual birthday on Wednesday the 17th. When my husband pampered me by getting me a massage and a facial at a really nice spa. And I just laid there and I thanked God for all of the pain and all of the struggle that I have had for so many years because without that, I wouldn't be who I am and I wouldn't be able to appreciate this bliss the way I can. I'm just pinching myself. And you may hear this and you may think to yourself, oh, it must be nice. My husband wouldn't do that. Or I, 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 I. Listen, you're the one who's responsible for your happiness. And whatever your spouse does is simply icing. That's my new way of being happy. It's not to have no requests at all, but it's to have no expectations and have their actions have nothing to do with your own joy. Everything else is icing. I've heard it before, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And I'm still struggling with it. You know, I just had a conversation with him about, I asked for one thing, which was a little video that he could send me on my phone of our kids, pictures of me with our kids. And I never got it. And my birthday came and went and the party came and went. Thanksgiving came and went and I never got it. I was very sad. I was very, very hurt because I only asked for one thing and it was free. But my husband was able to share with me the stuff that came up for him around that. His own issues with perfectionism and wanting to please me and wanting to get it right got in the way. And I was angry and upset and hurt briefly. And then I was able to shift out of that because shit, I do that too. Don't you? Don't you ever avoid things because you're worried it's not going to be right? It's easier to look the other way and you don't want to disappoint. So you just look the other way. And hopefully that experience helped him to offer more grace to our son who's in just a pattern, a repeating pattern right now of procrastinating and not doing what he needs to do. So those struggles are never going to go away. It's just they will have less and less control and less and less effect on how you feel the more you heal. So turning 50, those of you who are younger than me, a couple of things I have learned in the first half of my life but mostly in the last couple of years, is that embracing your desire and following your desire and letting desire be the compass of your life is not selfish and it's not wrong and you should never shy away from it. It's not not God-honoring. I call bullshit on that. I believe God wants me to follow my desire because when my true desires True desires come from love. 
What is God? Love, not fear, love. Your true desires deep within you are not just flippant little, you know, I want this and I want that and I want this and I want that and I want to be rich and I want to be thin and I want, that's not what desire is. True desires come from deep, deep, beautiful places in your soul through and with and from your highest and most beautiful self. Following those desires is a gift to yourself, but also a gift to the world. Me sharing what I've just shared about my 50th and just the brief sharing that I did on social media, so many people have messaged me and said, this gave me permission. One of our listeners messaged me from Hawaii and she said, I'm turning 40 and because of what you just shared on Instagram, I'm not giving myself permission to give myself a birthday party. And another woman said, you just gave me permission. I've always secretly wanted a birthday party. I'm going all out for my 60th. Someone else messaged and said, oh my God, I can totally relate to this. This is me. I never do what I want and I'm always resenting that I'm not getting what I want. I didn't even see it until now. So when you choose to do this, it is a gift to the world because other women can feel it and they see it and they say, oh my God, I want what she's having. I will have what she's having. More of that, yes, please. Or maybe they just need you to go first because they're scared. That's not the reason to do it. You have to do it for yourself. But just know that when you do something that society or religious programming will tell you is selfish, many times it's quite the opposite. It's actually quite selfless. So please tune into your desires. What do you want and why are you not going and getting them? You more than deserve it. You are so worthy of anything your heart desires. Your permission slip is written. Permission granted. Watch what happens when you just ask yourself what you want and you give yourself permission to even entertain the idea of having it. And then when you take it a step further and you actually give it to yourself, you'll never go back. Just in the last couple of weeks, I realized that. I love you all so much. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your time and attention and your loyalty to Be You Podcast. I'm so grateful for all of you. Remember, breathe, love yourself, and surrender. Surrender.